What's up, failures, and welcome back to the Chicken Hut, a CMC fancast. I am Noah, your host, joined, as always, by my co-host, Nick. How you doing, Nick? I'm doing great, Noah. Gosh, I haven't seen you in minutes. Yeah. I don't think we ever stopped seeing each other. We were just, we, we hit stop and then hit go. Nick, you're always in my heart. Um, last time, we intended to finish up book one. Didn't quite work out that way. So we're going to finish up chapter one today. We're going to try and kind of speed through the rest, uh, not chapter one, book one. Goodness. Right. We're going to try and finish up book one quickly so that we can just kind of give our final kind of closing arguments about book one, maybe make predictions about where we see things going with the rest of the series. Um, so let's just dive right into it because I'm hungry and, and we ordered pizza. So let's, yeah. let's finish this up. Uh, chapter 18, Mordred allows the group to have a peaceful night's rest. Oh, so nice, Mordred. Interesting to see how considerate and compassionate uh, Tim is towards Chaz. This is another kind of redeeming moment um, that we'll unpack in just a second. Little brief moments of humanity from the group um, of otherwise complete selfish assholes. Until, let's see here, until you, I don't even know what this means. Uh, they cook the leopard. That's, the, that's what I can basically make out of this note. Cat doesn't want any. Goes out hunting for her own food kills a giant ant so um cat plays a prank on tim then they basically both play a prank on cooper then cooper plays a prank on dave it all involves ant shenanigans um one of the things i thought was funny was they talk about it tasting like lobster and he says your mom tastes like lobster that seems like it's probably not good it doesn't even make any like, sense i just I think like yeah it just it doesn't it's it's great I'll, I'll never get tired of mom. I don't know why. I just right, the yeah. way he puts them in there, that's what she said, is fantastic. Right. Uh, we're really starting to see Tim in this chapter settle into his role uh, being the guy in charge of the group. Now that the whole group is together, yep. um, we're, we're really starting to see Tim take charge. Captain Righteous appears basically out of nowhere, um, which I'm still not even quite sure I fully understand how that worked out because there's no one with him. Right. Um, what he happened to the other guards? He just kind of shows up. Like, where were the other guards that were down in the dungeon? And he is... Well, the other guards don't care anymore. Sure. But this guy is not going to let it go. So Chaz casts Sleep. Um, it's the first time we really see Chaz try to do anything. And I wish you listened to the Audible, because just listening to, to Jonathan Sleep, the narrator, sing. He actually does sing, and it's 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 brilliant. Nice. Um, casts Sleep and accidentally only affects Tim. Um, or Stim, as my notes would, would have you believe. Um, what do you think? What do you got for this, for this chapter, Nick? Um, you know, I really like... Okay, I've, I've got to talk about this because this bothers me. Uh-oh. Uh, crabs, lobsters. Crustaceans. They are sea bugs. Right. They are arthropods. They are they are bugs of the sea. Right. And if you eat them, you are grips. Oh, okay. Shrimp, lobster, crab. That's disgusting. Huh. Those things, they are bugs. You are eating bugs. You are eating a bug. It's a way of life in the South, Nick. Crawfish, crawdads. Okay, cool. We also have, Indiana has one of the largest shrimp farms in America. Interesting. Yeah, that's why shrimp is so cheap here. Very um, interesting. I like shrimp. It's, shrimp's okay. I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. It's a bug. Like, I look at it and I'm like, you are a bug and I would never eat a cockroach. Have to get over so yourself, I Nick. I, I saw it. a video on Facebook <laughs> that told me that if we ate bugs, um, world hunger um, would be solved tomorrow. So what do you think about that, Nick? I mean, okay, okay. Um, the pizza has shrimp on it, by the way. I don't think I told you that. I mean, that's fine. I'll just pick it off if okay. I need to. No. But, um, it's no, I mean, like, it's, like, it is, 
It is like the so I will eat anything. I, I mean, I've established that I'm a big fat guy. Like whatever, give me the foods. But lobster, crab, no nah, man. All right. I'd rather not. Nick's on record. You heard I mean, it here first. No, it just so this bothers me. But I'm also I, I'm. It's good to hear someone else recognize that these ants, if they were bigger, yeah, you could probably boil them and eat them just like you do a lobster. Cat's kind of that way too, though. At first, right? She's like, "No, I'm not eating that. I'm right. eating that thing." Yeah, um, definitely. But I think everybody will change their tune once they haven't eaten in a couple days. Well, I mean, by the end of the book, they're all passing it around in the back of the wagon. Hey, I think Cooper says this. This is oh, fucking heavenly, yeah. <laughs> which I thought was right. Just using described as described as as naturally spicy. That's right. That's Very right. Very good. And I like that. Totally anyway. can't tell that you just read it this afternoon. Very, these details are very fresh in your mind. Yeah. Chapter okay. 19, Chaz tries to cast sleep a second time. This time gets it right. Yep. Um, Captain Righteous is unconscious, so they um, tie him up. Uh, the group is ta- attacked by a horde of ants, um, you know, out for vengeance, out for blood. At first, the group tries to outrun the ants, but move too slowly, and some of the ants catch up. Tim manages to kill one, but is stung and injured in the process. Um, it was funny, uh, Cooper carrying Tim like a football. I had that note. Yep. It was just a funny visual. Because uh, he's short. He's little. Um, and he not even, and I, and I loved, uh, I made a note, not even seeming to notice that he gets puked on. Because he's just that gross. It might have made him a little cleaner. Yeah. Um, so they won't let Captain Righteous fight. He comes to... Uh, the, the ants are in pursuit, but they will not let Captain Righteous fight. We finally reach the wagon. Um, the gang catches up to the wagon. Julian summons some horses, uh, with which him and Cat ride. We outrun the ants while shooting crossbows at them. I think they ultimately do give Captain Righteous a bow. Or just don't, he just picks don't, one up. Don't object to him yeah. arming himself. Um, Captain Righteous really doesn't seem to understand bargaining from a position of weakness. Um, and it's at this point I made a note that um, Captain Righteous is very Javert-like. Um Certainly can't really compare caverns and creatures to uh, Les Mis, but in terms of character, they're very similar, right? Like zero compromise, all about his morals and integrity. There's just just no room for compromise there. Right. Um, can't remember if it um, may have been mentioned by name prior to this, but regardless, this is the first time we properly discuss Cardinia, um, which I think if you've only been up to the end of book one, um, that Cardinia is basically your New York City, right? Right. Um, I think they do mention that it's the second biggest city in the realm, which even I don't didn't recall that, because um, I can tell you Cardinia is pretty much where it's at. Uh, two turntables and a microphone in Cardinia. Okay. Uh, I can't remember what the... Like, if it's the second biggest, well, what's the biggest? I Even I don't remember. Maybe a, a listener can point that out to me, but Cardinia, that's where we're going. Right. That's where all, all right. roads lead to Cardinia. So that's chapter 19. I believe in chapter 19. This is where... This is where um, Tim plants a seed that will grow fruit. Care to expand on I, that? I believe this is where Tim, Tim suggests that there is a freezer with beer and chicken and popsicles. Uh, no, that is coming. Is that next that, chapter? No, that's coming soon because okay. I know that that's when they're um, interacting with the major that he, he mentions the popsicles. See, I thought that I thought that he had mentioned it before that. I don't know why I thought he mentioned. it. I think the reason I thought that it was before that is because the major ends up 
But we we haven't met the major yet. This right. is there. Okay. We're still in the wagon with Captain Righteous, um, and it's 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 something else since we have a little bit more time to play with in this episode because we have very little left of the actual book to to go over. Um, that I made the stunning realization because, as we've said, we've talked a lot a lot about how these people are all terrible. Right. Um, you know, they're all at, even the fucking bird is just an awful person. Sure. Um, he's not even a person, and he's an awful person. That I, I had this epiphory. Uh, that I was like, wait, oh my god. A liturgical epiphory? Uh, yeah, a liturgical epiphory. Captain Righteous, and I don't really see how this can even be argued, but let's talk about it anyway, Nick. Captain Righteous is the good guy. He is. Right? Absolutely, 100% the lawful good guy. 100%. Like Without he, question. Like, the book kind of tries to portray him as a bit of a dick because we're supposed to kind of not like Captain Righteous. We're supposed to be rooting for the, the heroes. He's, but he's a good guy. Like He's a cop. He's trying to arrest a murderer and his accomplices. Right. Right? And he did, and then they got away, and in the process of getting away, did damage to his lord's manor. I right. Mean, like, he won't be bribed. Yeah. He, he won't be swayed. Right. Um, at one point, they basically, I think Tim kind of spells out to him, like, look, you're going to die. Like, there's there's ten of us, and there's a really funny exchange. I might be dipping into chapter 20, right. um, but they just kind of explain, like, I love when Righteous is like, oh, really? Ten against one? He's like, shorty, Greeley. Um, I, I release you. And they're like, uh, deuces. Bye, Felicia. See you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So now we've got, we've got, yeah, because that is next chapter. So I'll come back let's to that get, in a let's, second. Let's, yeah, let's go on um, next chapter. We're pretty, much like, our, we're pretty much into chapter 20 at this right. point. Right. So, I mean, in chapter 20. So we, we open the chapter with an interesting inner monologue from Dave, just kind of thinking in his mind about how this is all, how this is all going. Um, the horse spell fizzles out. Julian and Cat fall to the ground. Captain Righteous opportunistically takes the chance to take Julian hostage. Um, yeah, so this is where we're at. Although it doesn't seem to be working, Tim actually, I made a note, does seem to do a pretty good job of negotiating in this situation. He it's, does. It's he not tries. successful, but we really start to see, yeah, okay, Tim really is the brains here. Because right. as I'm listening, you reading, I'm thinking, he's making a lot of really good points. He like, was. Like, if I were Captain Righteous, I'd be like, yeah, this totally makes sense. Uh, but this is where we see Righteous's uh, morals are completely inflexible, right? That's that lawful good nature of an NPC, right? You right. write down lawful good on right. a piece of paper. That dude is going to follow the law. So um, he lets Greeley and Shorty go, and they don't even really question it, which I think is also kind of telling, uh, because Greeley and Shorty obviously know Captain Righteous better than our, our, our failures do. Right. And they don't ever question, is this real? How do we know you're not going to turn on us? They accept it at face value and it makes me think yeah they know if Captain Righteous gives you his word if he says something yeah that's how it is yeah if he says we're good fuck you guys yeah we are free yeah because he said so right we trust him we don't trust you yeah well I mean like Greeley and Shorty were going to leave in the morning anyway right but then ants right so this really worked out pretty well for them. It did. It's worked out great. And I good mean, for them, right? Because they're pretty they're pretty sympathetic characters too. I, I I don't hate either of them. Yeah. You know? I mean, they're they seem okay. I mean, yeah. I wish that I wish that they were were sticking around a little more, but maybe they'll come back and Do you wanna know? Do you want Nick, no, do I you wanna no. know? Do they come back? I won't tell you. Yeah. I refuse. Maybe. Thank you. Uh, so Captain Righteous that. basically says, you know, yeah, I'm going to die. And he, he, there's this whole little monologue he has that I loved about his armor, right? He's talking, yeah. he's like, this is the armor. This is not just regular Kingsguard armor. I got this from my father. And I pretty much made up my mind. He goes, I don't have kids. Um, he goes, I made up my mind. This is the armor I die in. I love that. Yeah. There aren't too many like legitimately badass moments. Most of it's just silly and or funny or farts or right. whatever. But this sure. is this is actually, a, I'm like, yeah, man. I, and it's an NPC. Yeah. 
He's pretty and rad. It's just this guy who's who. I mean, he's a genuinely good guy. Right. It's a badass moment. I do like that. Um, they're like, I mean, you're good looking. Have you met my sister? <laughs> yeah. But even even Tim at that moment is like, I mean, have you met my sister? Because yeah. he recognizes this is a good dude. Like, and Tim kind of obviously misunderstands the point because he's thinking, sure. like, oh, don't worry, you'll meet the right. Yeah, you'll meet the right. Captain Rush is like, no, 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 you don't understand. Yeah. This is the armor I die in. Yeah. Like, you can say whatever you want. Right. A sack of shit. Yeah. I'm not gonna... Yeah, he's ready. Right? And Tim's almost like Emperor Palpatine here, you know? Like, come to the... He's like, he's like yeah. no, I will he's not like, be corrupted. No. Absolutely. I, this, if this is where I die, this is where I die. Now, of course, we, uh, we figure out pretty quickly that even though this is a great moment for Captain Righteous, that he's basically just stalling, right? Yep. That he knows what, what's happening. Um, so maybe he knew all along that his team was in pursuit. How? I don't know. Breadcrumbs, Nick. Well, this is why I was I was trying to assume that the whole Popsicle thing happened before this. Right, and I'm certain that it did Because I think that Mordred definitely inserts himself all the time. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and there is, in that chapter, Tim does... That is where he begins demanding okay. to um, speak to Mordred when they're having that exchange. But it's, it pretty much goes unanswered, right? He's mm-hmm. like, I, he wants to talk to Mordred. He want, needs to talk to Mordred. And I made a note that Jonathan Sleep completely crushed this exchange. The whole exchange with Tim and Captain Righteous is wonderful. Yeah, um, that was really cool. It was yeah. really cool. I'm going to have to play it for you because you've got to hear this at some point. Um, maybe I'll convert you yet. Uh, maybe I'm Emperor Palpatine. Of Audible. Chapter 21, failures are surrounded by the King's Guard. Um, I liked the whole orc scum uh, exchange. Yeah, that, that was, was pretty good. That was pretty good. And that's another thing that really just helps to hear it actually. When you said stim, I was like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> orc scum. Orcs, orc scum. I like how the whole group laughs. I made a note, poor Henderson. We'll yeah. unpack it in a second, but poor what the hell did Henderson ever do? Poor Henderson. Uh, just before Cooper is executed, time freezes... Um, and we learn that Mordred is the major and is locked in the freezer. So this is where this happens, right? Because the major comes, and I think that's it's during that exchange where Tim um, is mentioning you're, you're drinking our beer, eating our popsicles, um, and then there's just a whole Tim is stalling for time. That whole time, he, yeah. Because it, it actually gets to the point where it's pretty pathetic, where he's just like, oh, so I see this bird. It's a big bird, and that's the whole point. And they're like. What are you? What are you doing? And he's kind of thinking, yeah. and he's got a plan. We don't know what the plan is yet, but uh, we find out. Here's the payoff. Uh, Mordred is basically. Uh, I, I don't know if they're ever clear that that Mordred is acting as the major the entire time, like ex- explicitly, or if it's just kind of revealed that Mordred chooses to manifest as the major for purposes of having this exchange. But right. I, I actually tend to believe that yeah, um, the major is Mordred the whole time. Because um, Tim even mentions, like, you, you gave it away. You broke character. Yeah. You know, and um, so uh, Tim figured it out. Good on Tim. So we also establish a rule here that is uh, important moving forward, um, in the, even into the later books. We establish that time moves differently here, right? Yeah. It, it moves more quickly, um, you know, because Mordred says, I think at one point, he's been at it for hours. Um, Cat and Chaz enter the game after the group has already been there for well over a day. So I think we as readers already know that, you know, because Cat yeah. Ch- and Chaz in real time come in like an hour or two later. Sure. But the, the gang's already been there for well over a day at this point. But it's made official. Right. Mordred says explicitly, time moves differently here. Um, 
Tim convinces Mordred to have the major pardon the failures. Yep. Right? And that's a really interesting thing where he, the severed head comes back to life and he's like, oh no, it's, uh, I'm in a better place. I'm fine. Yeah. I don't want to press charges. Yeah. No worries. Yeah. That's a, that's a funny moment. Um, you've got Henderson and Righteous who, who still object, uh, for various reasons. And I'm sure that, Hen- that Righteous is going to be around. Right. I think Righteous is, is a is probably a staple character in this series. He's somebody who is not going anywhere, and he is going to be their conscience. He's going to keep showing up when they're like when they've done something wrong. Sure, and he'll be on their ass. Well, I won't expand in specifics That's for obvious reasons, but I but yes, we this is certainly not the last we see of Captain um, Righteous Justificus Blademaster. I said that correctly. I'm very impressed with myself. Um, It's the the, Justificus part that I have a hard time with this. Mordred, as the Major, promotes Henderson and Captain Righteous, I believe, to kind of quell their concerns. And I think we can kind of tell, like, Righteous doesn't care, right? Because we've established he won't be susceptible to bribery, but he's kind of a slave to his own rules because right. by his own rules this is his superior officer right and you can tell he's not okay with it but he really he's bound by his rules even in this situation the chain yeah. of command is a sacred thing um but you know that's that's how chapter 21 ends um i'll go right into chapter 22 and we'll kind of summarize because this is the last chapter yeah. right um at this point we are to presume that the story is just about to wrap up right um, typically, I think the reader in this situation is is meant to believe, well, this is clearly the leverage that Tim needs to have everyone come back home safe and sound. Um, I can tell you just retroactively, this is what I thought at the time when I first read it, right? I was like, okay, because I knew there were four or five or six more books. Yeah. But so, but I, you know, you don't know. Like, I assumed at the end of the first book, because book ones are typically pretty self-contained, because it's usually kind of it's not a foregone conclusion that any kind of movie or TV series is going to get the chance to have a bunch of sequels. Sure. So typically authors will wrap up the story like Jurassic Park style, right? Everything is done. Right. And then like, well, maybe in book two, we just, you know, hijinks ensue and the whole thing happens over again. Right. Maybe they want to go back in this. Exactly. Or Mordred's Revenge. But I just, I assumed it was a foregone conclusion that at the end of book one, everyone would be safely back in the chicken hut. And I got to say, you know, Robert Bevan clearly had a plan. He knew it was like Back to the Future, right? Because Back to the Future was those, one of those types of movies where they knew. They set up at the very end. They're like, there's going to be another Back to the Future because this movie is fucking rad. It's going to be a success. There's going to be a part two. Do you, have you seen Back to the Future, Nick? You're giving have, me a look. I have not seen Back to the Future <sighs> since I was like eight years old. Okay. And, <laughs> and all I remember are flying boots and cowboys. Well, it's, that's part two, or no, part three. It's it's an appropriate comparison in that at the end of part one, M- Marty does get back successfully to his okay. time, but then immediately Doc Brown comes back in the DeLorean from the future and says, "Oh, there's a problem. You know, we gotta. It's your kids, Marty. It's your kids." Yeah. So I'm get, going off into nowhere land, but uh, okay. I assumed the whole time we'd be back safe and sound at the end, but that is not the case. We find out um, Tim and Mordred kind of argue there's a bit of a catch-22, right? There's kind of a Mexican standoff um, where they make a deal. Uh, the deal is, Mordred, you get us out of this this murder, you know, rap, um, and then I will let you know how to get out. And he, Tim is a man of his word. He does tell Mordred yeah. how to get out. Sure. Um, he says, yeah, it's easy. Bring us back home. Um, yeah. I'll come. It's, it's, what does he say? Like, it's easy as piss or something yeah. like that? Piece of piss. piss. Piece of piss. Piece of piss. Try that ten times fast. So he no. says, all I got, you got to bring us home. I'll come open the door. Everybody happy. But sure. Mordred says, uh, it's a problem. Right. Because I need the dice. And... And the dice are outside of the freezer. Right. 
And the way that Tim opens the door is by being there to open the door. Right. What are you going to so, do? So they they're both, in a position where they just can't. It, can't, it just can't happen. It won't work right. out. And ne- never mind the fact, I think Tim even says at one point, that even if I trusted you, which I fucking don't, yeah. you know, he's like, I'm not lying to you. I can't open the door. And, right. he, and he even tries to kind of justify himself. He's like, I wasn't lying. He does clarify that to him. I wasn't lying to you. I really was you know, telling you the truth that I would have come and let you out, but I can't. And yeah. Mordred says, I really would bring you back, but, but I, I can't. can't. Yeah. Um, so it's like, that was the moment where I, as the reader, the first time was like, oh shit. Yeah. Re- really? Because, yeah. because, you know, you can see in Audible, well, there's only a minute and a half left in the book. And I was like, really? Are they really not going to get back home? Yeah, down at the bottom of that page, it's like 98% done. Sure. Like, oh, shit. And like I said, I knew there were more books. So I was like, this is pretty cool. That I, I always love it when I can't figure out how a book is going to end. I hate it when I know how a book is going to end before I get to the end. Sure. Um, and this is not where I saw things going. Uh, so basically, we Mordred tries, what, a couple times? I think he comes back the last time and it's like, it's been hours. It's It's probably morning time. I locked the front door so no one's going to come in. Yeah. Um, he says, you know what? I'm uh, I'm getting sleepy. I don't think I'm going to wake up. And I was like, oh, shit, dog. Yeah. You know? um, and we are ultimately to believe that Mordred is is dead. Mordred's... I mean, we're led to believe that. Right. But I Wink. mean, I don't, I don't think so. And, you know... But, you know, I haven't read the second book yet. And it's not time for predictions yet. Yes, so. yes, yes. But we are led to believe, uh, ostensibly, right. that Mordred is falling asleep um, and is not going to wake up. He literally says says, says so. Right. Um, the failures decide to head to Cardinia, sure. find, find a bar, get uh, shit-faced, drunk, and go from there. Reasonably that's, so. That's the end of the book. I mean, like, what, what else are you going to do? Right? right? I mean, like... You've it's got, kind of anticlimactic. You've got, you've got five gold pieces. Right. And you've got to try to make a life right. in a big city with a half work. And I think they do they do lot. they do clearly state uh, their intentions. Like, well, we need to find these other people, right? right. That's that's really kind of like the, the mission. Yeah, let's uh, but find first let's get fucked up. Because yeah. it's been a long day. Sure. Um, and that's it. They ride off into the sunset, and that's book one. Very good stuff. So Nick. Final thoughts. What are what are your your impressions? So, I mean, if we're gonna do final thoughts, um, you know, we we talked about it at length. You know, there there are some problems. Sure. This is a really fun fantasy story. It's really a fun fantasy story. And once I get once you get past that the elephant, it's it's pretty approachable. It's pretty exciting. It's pretty interesting. I, I'm I'm gonna read the second book. I'm gonna keep going through and Good. I mean try to make some more. So I mean trying to see sort of what else is going on. Um, it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like pandering. You know, a lot of times when you have like D and D thrown into a story, it it's, it feels like pandering, and this right. doesn't. Um, which is which is great. Um, I, I really um, there. There's the book has some heart. It's got some redemption. I think it's. Uh, I think it'll be all right. I'm looking forward to reading the next book um, because I do want to find out like what happens to these guys. You know, right? Like, what are they gonna? How are they gonna make this work? Yeah. Um, I love Cat. Sure. I love Cat, and I've talked about why I love Cat. You know. And, oh God, um, Nick! I'm so excited for you because Cat Cat's <laughs> got some good shit coming up. I won't be any more, but that's good. Like, okay. Because if she's your favorite, I can tell you you're gonna you're gonna like book two because Cat yeah. is because Cat only kind of came in like halfway through right? sure. in this book. Yeah. 
Um, we start book two where everybody is as second level, right? Everybody mm-hmm. is at second level, um, and we'll we'll hit book two, uh, hit the ground running in our next episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, great. Well, I'm really glad to hear that, Nick. And I, all kidding aside, uh, we've had some kind of you know some some pretty heavy conversation, and I can tell everybody at home um, not to get not to air you know, dirty laundry here. It's not dirty laundry, but you know, Nick and I, when we recorded the first two episodes and we kind of had some of that, some of that weighty stuff, we really talked, we really talked a lot off the air about like, well, you know, Nick, right. are, are, you, are you really sure you want to keep going with the show? Cause we, on the one hand, there was no anger. Nick and I are friends. No, we'll yeah, be friends absolutely. no matter yeah, what, sure. but it's like, yeah, I don't want to make you do this. If you're really not enjoying the books, if you're really not having fun with the books, if this is going to be too much of a distraction, um, if, the content that we put out is going to be too much of a bummer to be blunt, you know, for yeah. our audience. We don't want to, we don't want to subject you to that. Right. We don't want this show to be luxury. Um, but we talked about it a lot. We, and I, I think I told Nick, I don't think we talked about it on the air, but I actually went to the Facebook group just to think like, cause I really wanted to be accountable for myself too, to say, you know, am I missing? Like, you know, should I be bothered by this stuff? Is there something wrong with me that I'm not? Um, how do other people feel about this? And I got a lot of good feedback and I think the conclusion that I ultimately reached is that there's no right or wrong answer here, right? Right. It's not wrong to not be bothered by these things, but it's not wrong if some of these things are upsetting to you yeah, for, for any for any or all reasons, right? We are sure. all masters of our own domain. Um, I actually had a couple. I don't want to out anybody. Um, they seemed pretty out in the open about it on the Facebook group, but I certainly won't say their names. Um, some people that openly identified as gay people, and and I and that was the that was kind of I won't say I was digging for that but i was really happy to see it like mm-hmm. hey they were like ah, i think one of them said was like i'm queer as shit and i doesn't bother me you know and they, sure. they kind of explained you know it's obviously satire these people are assholes i think that was really the hard part for me was seeing like making sure that i recognize this as satire and identifying how the author is punching up right and i think what he's what he's doing He's punching up at at the assholes who, you know, who still use gay as a pejorative in the year of our Lord 2013. Right. He's not taking right? a like, shot at gay people. Right. He's taking a shot at bigots. Right. right. And I think, like, that's really that – was, that was difficult to get to that because it wasn't obvious. Right. And it really wasn't. Obvious. And I think and we talked about that. his that, delivery that I just didn't see it at first. And it took some thinking sure. and really, like, stopping and looking to see that. Right. Um, and, but I see it. And obviously... And I recognize that. And I mean, like, it became a lot clearer when when we had that, when we had the race issue pop up. Right. And, okay, I get it. He's he's punching, he's punching up. He's Which I, I'm, fun. I'm so glad that, right. that you, you've gotten to that point. Um you know, as I kind of warned you about, and I think it's part of why we we were both so concerned about whether or not we'd be wasting our time moving forward, is that it's going to get worse. Because uh, okay. because you know because you, you asked me, right. and it's like obviously I'm trying to recall five and a half sure um, books worth of material. Really, more than that with the short stories, it's more like eleven or twelve books worth of material. To think like, well, I yeah, and I think I even said at one point, it's going to get better or it's going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah. Um, but there are definitely those moments where it's very clear what the author's agenda is in terms of where where his mind and heart are as a person. Yeah. Um, and but yeah, there's some some definitely some good stuff coming. Might be some uncomfortable stuff coming, but he's you know it's on purpose. He's uh, sure. challenging all of us to recognize the absurdity of some of these points of view. Sure. Right. So, um, which yeah. I mean, that's that's what we need, right? I mean, like and dick jokes. And it's not right. I mean, Candide had dick jokes. Right. Right. I mean, like the priest's nose was falling off because he had syphilis. 
Right. You know? I mean, like, come on. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, this is, you know, I mean, it's, I'm giving it a shot. I'm giving it a shot. Oh, uh, I'm so, I'm so glad. Giving and I can tell you, giving it a shot. Now that we're in the world and there's like all of that scene setting is done. Sure. We can obviously start exploring, exploring a lot more of the fantastical elements of D&D. Sure. Um, and there's, there's some really crazy and cool shit coming. Um, by comparison, Critical Failures 1 seems pretty tame, you know, when you look back on it retrospectively, which we'll do. Well, I mean, level 1 is always... Exactly, right? It's boring. because It's kind of lame, you know? Yeah. You throw a couple of thugs or bandits or... You've got you four know, hit like, points or whatever. Yeah, you know, you can get killed by a... By an errant critical arrow. Right. You know, I and, mean, uh, like, it, it happens. And this is foreshadowed um, right. pretty strongly. It's, I think maybe foreshadowing is not even strong enough of a word that Mordred is the reason the characters are only running into right. know, dire rats and ants. Uh, and we already know, to be continued, you know, that Mordred is at minimum out of commission. For now. For now, right? Sure. So that opens the door to... I, I, don't, I don't believe Mordred is dead. Is that your that's that's your prediction? I I don't think Nostradamus, so. Nostradamus, Nostradamus says Mordred's not dead. Right. Um, Nostradamus also says like there's going to be some issues at the Chicken Hut. We're going to have to deal with that. Like right. we can't just have a restaurant sitting closed with people, you know, sort of missing. Very true. Um, stuff's going to happen there. Right. Um, I mean, you know, do we need? I mean, are you ready for more Nostradamus? Bring it. I'm bracing myself. <laughs> I don't know that the party's going to be able to stay together very long. These guys, like, it seems like they get together for a couple of hours every week, and that's about as much as they can stand of each other. Sure. And they've already been together for a couple of days. They, yeah, so you're <sighs> predicting, to be clear, you're predicting dysfunction, not... Uh, they are, they, oh, yeah, for sure. They are definitely going to be splitting off. Right. You don't um, you're not necessarily predicting shenanigans that will like forcibly separate no, them. No, I think they're going to get they're just going to have conflict um, in the party. Fuck you. No, fuck you. Right. Precisely. And right. Cooper's such a dickhead that right. he's going to be and Dave is going to have problems with that. Right. I think um that Julian is going to have problems with it. Sure. Um I'm I, excited I for that, you. I'm excited for you to see where things go with Tim. I can tell you that Tim has been very tame in this book and that you know, Tim does not deal with things well. The reality of their 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 reality. Now. I mean, well, I mean, how do you deal with that? How right. does anyone deal with this? I mean, like, I can't imagine even changing cities. Right. You know, I've been in this city for so long that if I did, it'd be it'd be a, it'd be a shock. Right. So I can't imagine someone getting plucked from their literal world and put into one where there are dire rats and giant ants and trolls. Nick, great news. That's tough. You don't need to imagine it. I get to read We get to it. read book two. Hey. Critical failures to fail harder. By the way. Fail harder. I love. Beautiful. I love the subtitles to all of the books. Um, they're so good. Uh, I don't know if you've looked ahead to what some of the subtitles are. I don't think any of them really give away plot points, but like, um, so it's it's Critical Failures 1, Shit's About to Get Real, Critical Failures 2, Fail Harder. I think 5, it's uh, Critical Failures 5, V is for 5. Nice. Uh, I think one of them is, maybe that's part 3, Critical Failures 3, A Storm of S-Words. 
Nice. S words, very swords. Yeah, right. it's just gosh, Which wasn't brilliant. that the um? What if wasn't that a name of a a storm of swords? Right, but that's swords. why it's right. so so, so brilliant, dude. He, I'm telling well you, done. I'm a mark for Robert Bevan. Yeah. Robert, if you're out there, you're you're the you're the man. What can I say? This whole this whole podcast is here because of what you do. We appreciate it. Um, Nick, that's about all I've got for Critical Failures One. Any f- closing thoughts? Uh, I'm just excited for the next one. Oh, I'm so glad to hear it. That, you know, that was music to my heart. I mean, it's it's a it's a fantasy series, right. and I read them all, right? You know, so you know, I'm ready to read another one. And this one does sprinkle in humor, and that's that's new, right? You know, especially in like this world where like our current sort of grim, dark fantasy stuff because of Game of Thrones. You know, everything is you know so serious. Why and, so serious? Right. Right. Oh man, I can tell you if, if the if the humor is what you are finding so yourself it's, enjoying, it's pretty. It's pretty good. God, it's pretty Nick, good. And like, I mean, there's some clever stuff, some nice sure. witticisms, you know. And uh, it's not all fart and dick jokes. I mean, I, I cried. Like, I literally cried. I, I, I'm sure at least a few times from laughing so hard, and I've never uh, reacted that strongly to to humor in a book. And I've read plenty of books where there's funny, funny stuff. But sure. Just, this just this just this tickles my funny bone in a way. That nothing else ever has. Um, I love it. That's why we're here. That's why I'm not doing, uh, you know, a great Gatsby podcast. Uh, I, I love this shit. I eat it up. Um, so I'm really, really glad that you stuck with me, Nick. Yeah. Um, all of you, I'm glad that you stuck with us. If you're hearing this, you're clearly still here. We can't wait to stick it in you right. uh, moving forward. A lot of sticking going on. The applications are still open. It's, it's, exactly. Um, just right. send us, you know, ASL. Right. right, that's old school. That's the thing. Uh, Nick, guess what? It is unfortunately closing time here yeah. at the Chicken Hut. Yeah, and last I'm hungry. Call. Yeah, last call. Uh, so we're gonna. I hear there's pizza downstairs. I, I, that's that's the word on the street. Let's go check that out. Uh, thank you so much. If you haven't already, you know what I'm gonna say next. But God damn it, do it anyway. Go and rate and review the show, please, 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 please. We still haven't started publishing as of this recording, but I can guarantee you that by the time you're listening to this. Um, I am still not happy with how few rates and reviews we have. We really need them. It's we like you them. don't care. It's almost right, like it you hurts. don't care. Yeah, damn it. You're listening to this. We um, took our time and so, Noah's money. So yeah, That's right. <laughs> so selfish, you guys. Uh, just go and click some stars. Just pick some. I don't care. Yeah, I mean, um, the more the better. But, don't yeah. forget to check out Robert Bevan's website, caverns-and-creatures.com. You can just Google it if you have trouble with that. Um, you can check out his blog, news and notes um, on his other works. You can check out CNC merchandise. Really good stuff there. Um, join the nice Facebook stuff. group. Join the join the Caverns and Creatures Facebook group. Um, I, I'm on there. Nick's not on there, but maybe it's something he'll look into. Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts on on the show. Um, yeah, that's all I've got. Uh, thanks, guys, so much for being here. If you don't come back for book two, I will be really, really angry. See you next time.